0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. We are looking at walking of miracles. Praise the name of the Lord. And we're in part one. Last week we, we said that Um, a child makes an average of 400 expressions of joy a day, and an adult makes how many? 15. And and we challenge ourselves that we should be like children. In fact, the the kingdom of God, the word of God says, Jesus says that except you be like these little ones, the kingdom of God is far away from you. So how many people have increased their joy quotient? Okay, okay, okay. And, and thank you. Now, the point is this. When God looks down from heaven rather, sometimes we, we, we think that the things that amount for greatness in the kingdom is huge. Whereas the things that amount for greatness are little things. When God looks down from heaven and looks at your home, you should not be able to tell the difference between the adult and the children. Everybody's playing. Everybody's rejoicing. Do I get an amen? It's not that the children are playing and the adults are frowning. And we encourage ourselves with Psalm 118 verse 24 that we should stand in the mirror and we should say to ourselves as the day begins that this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So we choose to rejoice. Our text today is Acts chapter 8 and I'm going to read from verse 4 to 8. Walking of miracles, Acts 8, 4 to 8. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria, Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message. And see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. This year, you will have great joy in the mighty name of Jesus. This year, through you, God will bring great joy to people in the mighty name of Jesus. So we see from this passage of scriptures that because of the miracles, there was great joy in the city. Because of the miracles that Jesus will walk through you, there will be great joy in the city of Lagos. Yeah. Do, you, do you receive that today? Yeah. Praise the name of the Lord. And, and that is what God wants for you. You, God wants to do miracles through you. I mean, interestingly... We that God has created for signs and wonders, we are looking for signs and wonders. Is there, is there something wrong with that? God has created you to work miracles, and you know, many of us we are looking for miracles. Meanwhile, you are the miracle worker. Say me? Yes, you look at your neighbor and say, You are a miracle worker. Some people are feeling very uncomfortable right (laughs) now. Miracles bring rejoicing. At home, at work, in your business, in your relationship, in the marketplace, when miracle happens, imagine you live in this church, this service today, and you are working miracles at work. Imagine what will happen. There'll be joy. There'll be joy. And there's a, there's a story of a, of a pastor's son. And he, the guy was about, I don't know how old he was, a young boy. And, you know, there was the school. There was a lot of pandemonium. Why? Because a little girl, for some reason, was possessed of demons. And the demons were manifesting. Teachers were afraid. And we, were running helter skelter. And the little boy got up, real life story, and, and, and said to the classmates that was possessed with demons, and said to the classmate, in the name of Jesus, I command you, demon, come out of her. And the demon screamed and left the little girl. And she was calm. I think you can clap for Jesus. <laughs> now, now, so everybody was curious. The teachers have been peeing in their pants already. I mean, and they looked at this boy and they were like, Whoa, how, how, you are so anointed. And the boy says, no, that's how my daddy does it. that man <laughs> had just commands them to go and they go. So the boy believed that those demons they had nothing and they would go and they left. You and your children are for signs and wonders. <laughs> Praise yes. the name of oh, the Lord. So, so There was joy in that classroom. There was joy. The teachers had joy. The children had joy. Your whole school had joy. When miracles happen, rejoicing follows. And That is so key because this year God is saying to us, rejoice. So miracles are going to burst forth in your lives and in mine in the mighty name of Jesus. When it comes to miracles, there are two dimensions that we should be aware of. There's what I have called the miraculous roots and then you have the miraculous fruits. There's the miraculous roots and there's the miraculous fruits. The two are indispensable. However, The miraculous roots must happen for there to be miraculous fruits. The miraculous roots happen where you are doing the right things. You are praying. You are giving. And it's as if nothing is happening. You are performing a miracle. It is called the miraculous roots. You are there. You are praying. And it's as if the challenges are staring you in the face. You are performing a miracle. Because heaven is listening to you. Stick to it. Stay there. And there are people that get discouraged when they are in the face of the miraculous roots. Don't get discouraged because your fruit is coming. In fact, it's here in Jesus' name. And you know, the man who seems to be successful owes much of his greatness and success to the work of other people who have labored before him. Many times you see people, they are just successful, and you think that they are smart, or they are this, or they are that. No, they owe it to the people that has gone ahead of them, and has labored ahead of them. There are people that have come to this nation, Nigeria, and they have labored over this nation with the gospel. And they didn't see the fruits that we are seeing today. I mean, thank God, I mean, even with all the funny, funny things that are happening, people are really still getting saved in this nation. in their hundreds of thousands. And the fruits we are seeing is, is, is because some people have labored. And those people, we really should acknowledge them more than we, we do. Personally, I've shared this story time and again. I, there are a lot of things that are happening in my life that is not because I'm smart, it's not because I have, I've prayed 20 hours more than anybody else. It's because I say to people, I'm a third generation Christian. My grandmother was a Christian and she was a praying Christian. My mom is a Christian and she's a praying Christian. So there are certain things that come easy for me by the grace of God because of the labors of my grandmother and my mom, and you. <laughs> glory be to Jesus, and you see, and it's not—it's not so it's not much because I'm smart or anything. <laughs> I say to folks, you know, and I'm not—I'm not apologetic about it. You know why? Because it to be to be apologetic about it is to cast aspersions at their sacrifices. And many of you here, you are first generation Christian. You are laboring. You are not seeing as much result. Keep on because your children will see the result. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Your children, your grandchildren, your children yet unborn will see the result. In, 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 in Abraham, Levi paid tight. There, there, were, there are seeds you sow that four generations, because Levi is about four generations from Abraham. Four generations will still be reaping the harvest. Unfortunately, we are too myopic, we are too, we, you we, we, know, God is transgenerational. Many times the, we labor and we, we think, we will see all the fruits, the truth is that we will not. As much of the miracles we are seeing in our time, there are still things we will not see, there is only our children that will see it. And we have to be Faithful. So, so maybe there, there, there are things that people struggle with. Maybe ministry, maybe in, in the miraculous, for instance. By God's grace, I don't struggle with it. I don't struggle with it. Because my grandmother has dealt with all the causes. And my mother, you know, so me, I'm flowing in the overflow. Do you understand? Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> now, and it's, listen, it's not arrogance. I'm anointed. That's just how it is. Now, now, I know some of you are like, yeah, you stand out there, there, you're talking, no, 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 no. Guys, listen, (laughs) look, 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 look. You need to understand that the grace of God that is upon you will be multiplied on your children. And whether they like it or not they will be mightier than you. And you see, the danger is that the second generation, third generation Christians, the danger we have is arrogance. So we begin to think we are better than other people. Some other people are praying hours, 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 hours. They're getting some result. You pray one minute, boom. Then you think you don't need to fast. Then you think you don't need to pray. I've heard a second-generation Christian say to me, "But well, pastor, all these people that are, uh, you know, me, I don't... You pray, I pray, praying, pray, pray. Me, I don't need to pray. I sat him down and I explained to him, I know your mother. The, the guy's mother prays. She was first-generation Christian. She has broken a lot of things. So he, right now, he, he, he knocks on the door, ten doors open, I'm telling you, literally. And I said to him, don't destroy yourself. Why? Because if you, if you allow yourself to be conceited and you think, oh, you are this, you are that, you are the king's kid. A time will come when you will begin to pay for it. Then your children will suffer for it. Which is what is happening in the West. In the Western world, listen, their parents labored. Those people paid a huge price for the gospel. Their children are enjoying, right? But they are turning their backs on God. Arrogance of the highest order. Guess what? Their own children will suffer. Eh? They will work. It's not a curse. The next leaders, you can write it down. It's not even a prophet. It's just the writings on the world. The next leaders of the world going forward are going to be Asians and Africans. The West is going to be in servitude. Just watch. Watch what is going to happen. In fact, they are being in servitude they, they, don't, they don't understand. Should I enter into this? They don't understand Islam. There's a wave of a huge claw. But the West, the, the Africans and the East, they are paying the price our children are going to rule their children. Just watch. Their child becomes president, and they call him the president of the world. Today, when our own child becomes president, if somebody this part of the world is not president, is he subject to that president of the world? He's going to change. A president in Nigeria will become president of the world. The same way Obama, right now, It's literally. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can you see this happening? Anyway, let me get back on. (laughs) Parenting, for instance, is a classic example of working miracles. The miraculous roots. Parenting. You are laboring on the child. You are praying. It's as if the child is even going wayward and off. Don't worry. Keep praying. That child is going to come straight. And that child is going to be greater than you in the mighty name of Jesus. There are things that my mother saw that my grandmother did not see. There are things that we, are, that grandchildren are seeing that they did not even imagine. The text that we read is a classic example of this thing. I'm t- I'm, I'm, the principle I'm teaching. Jesus went to Samaria in John 4. Jesus labored over Samaria in 1 John. 5, John, John 4. We did a whole study. By the time you fast forward to Acts 8, Philip now went to Samaria. Miracles begin to happen. Who, who did the foundation work? Just Jesus. The works that Philip did was mightier than the works that Jesus did. And Jesus was not jealous. That's just how it is. That's how it is. When we when we carry the mantle well. The next generation is going to be explosive. Praise the name of the Lord. It's going to be totally explosive. I pray we, we pay the price, thoroughly. In John four twelve, this is Jesus speaking. In John 4, 14, 12, sorry. John 14, 12, it says, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works. Now, this is to the glory of the Father and to the praise and glory of Jesus. Why? Jesus is saying, you will do greater works than him. I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. That you mean I will do greater works than Jesus? Yes. Philip did greater work in Samaria than Jesus did. Check. When Jesus went to Samaria, no cripple worked. No limb got up. No... Everybody that had their demons, they still went back with their demons. I'm telling you. And it was Jesus that went to Samaria. So there are labels that you are making now. That your children will reap the harvest. Keep your focus. And the interesting thing about our time is that God has said in our time that we will see both the former rain and the latter rain together. In other words, we will see the miraculous roots and the miraculous fruits together in the mighty name of Jesus. And that's the beauty of of living in these times that we are in. So God wants to make you a miracle worker. God wants to work miracles through you. I think you should let that sink in. God, everyone say God will walk miracles through me. Now look at your hands. Through these hands, God will walk miracles. Amen. (laughs) And, And it will be so. It really will be so. So there are three things we need to know and understand. And the first is this. All you see is not all there is. All you see is not all there is. All you see is not all there is. There's more to life than meet the eyes. The world will have us believe that sin is believing. The world will say to us, sin is believing. But God is saying to us, believing is sin. The world is saying, oh, when you see the money in your bank account, then you know and you believe that you are rich and you are wealthy. But God is saying, when you believe that you are blessed, then you will see the money in your bank account. That's how it works. You know, you, so you, there's more. Look around. There are more beings here than the human beings you are seeing. There are. And that's just how it is. That's just how it is. So, since you are going to walk in the miraculous, everyone that walks in the miraculous, every one of them is very conscious of the fact that they are not alone. Every one of them. Every one of them is conscious. Everyone that walks in the miraculous, they are very conscious that they are not alone. Elijah, conscious. He said to her, this rain is not going to fall, except at my word. He's conscious that he's not alone. David, David looked at Goliath and said to Goliath, you came. You are are coming to me with with spear and sword. You don't even know anything there. The people that are behind me, the host of heaven, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Whose army you have defied. You don't know what David was saying? That there are three armies here. There's the armies of the Philistines, which you are the champion. There's the armies of Israel, which Saul is his champion. The armies of the Philistines are this part of the valley, on this side of the mountain. The armies of Israel are this side of the, the, the mountain. You are their champion. You are in the valley. Saul is their champion. He's hiding in the tent. I have come to represent the armies of heaven. And I'm going to cut your head. So, so, so David was saying, there are three armies. I am just come to represent the ones that you cannot see. And those ones, they are innumerable. Totally innumerable. That's why when Jesus showed up to Joshua in Judges 5, when Jesus showed up to Joshua and, and he saw Jesus as it were, the captain of the, of, the, of, the Lord, of, the, of the host of heaven with his sword drawn. Joshua said, are you for us or are you against us? Joshua was aware that there are activities going on. Are you for us? Are you against us? Do you know what the, the um, I said it was Jesus because it's the Lord, if you check, it's like Jesus before the New Testament. Do you know what the Lord said? The Lord said, Neither. I'm neither for you, nor for your enemies. I have come as the captain of the host of heaven. (laughs) So, so if you if you read that scripture, you would think that the captain of the host of heaven should really be. You should say, "I am on your side, Joshua." Right? He didn't say that. He says, "I have my own agenda." So in other words, Joshua, whose side are you on? Hallelujah. (laughs) So he says, Joshua, whose side are you on? Are you on the Lord's side? So in life, we struggle so much to to bring God into our situation, to get God to be on our side. It's a lot of wasted effort. If only you can be on God's side. Then your battles becomes his battles. Then your, his enemies become your enemies. And your enemies become his enemies. And you become unstoppable. Everyone that worked miracles were aware of the presence of supernatural forces. Jesus was aware. He wanted get, get some money. When Peter wanted to draw his sword, Jesus said, I, I could easily command. A legion of angels, you know that scripture to fight on my behalf. You know that was Jesus knew that he, had, he I, they're not. I'm not being captured because I I lack resources. I'm being captured because it is the will of the Father. Nobody can take my life. I lay it down and I take it up again. Praise the name of the Lord. Everyone that walked in the supernatural the way aware, astutely aware of the presence of unseen forces. Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 15, from verse 15 the word of God says that the servant of the man of God got up in the morning and went outside There were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. And he said, oh, sir, what will we do now? We're in trouble. We are surrounded by tanks, by submachine guns, by enemy troops. And Elisha said something very, very significant and huge. Elisha said, don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on their side. Wait a minute. If I were the young man, I will say, Oh, God, it is one, two. We are just two. Those people are like hundreds round about this place, if not thousands. And you say there are more on our side. So Elisha discovered that, okay, the issue is because. There's something I know that you don't know. So, Elisha prayed, Oh Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And when he looked up, he saw that the inside round about Elisha was filled with asses and chariots of fire. All of a sudden, now, if you check, Elisha did not pray. Oh, God, send down your chariots from heaven. Elisha prayed. Opened his eyes. Many times we are praying the wrong prayers. We are asking God to send down chariots. Wait, there are chariots around you already. What am I saying? God is with us. God is in us. God is around us. So, the issue is not if there are hosts of heaven. The issue is, can you see them? Are you aware of them? Are you aware? Are you aware? A story of a, a lady that came to me with her daughter and, you know, and she said to me, oh, pastor, I need to see you. I mean, so... We had a chat, and she said she was having a discussion with her daughter at home, and the daughter, in the discussion, the, uh, the way the discussion went, the daughter talked casually about angels, that the mother was scared. So the mother said to the daughter, have you seen angels before? And the daughter said, yes. And she said, uh, I've seen angels before. And the mom says, Goose pimples was all over. I like, yeah, what's going on here? And the mom cried further. And mom says, where? Where did you see angels? And the daughter said, when pastor is preaching, that there are angels on the stage walking up and down and up and down. Then the daughter asked the mother, don't you see them? So I said to the girl, Describe what you saw or what you see. Because she sees them. She describes how huge they are. To the angels, basically. Action is going on around you. Are you aware? Listen. Listen. Like Jacob. You know, Jacob says, Oh, the Lord is in this place. This is the gate of heaven. There are angels ascending and descending, and I knew it not. It's a terrible thing to be in a place or to live a life, and God is doing amazing things, and you are oblivious of it. I'm praying today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that God will open your eyes. In the mighty name of Jesus Imagine you walking out of this place with the consciousness and reality, realization of the fact that you're surrounded with angels. Because everybody has angels. It's not only for pastors. Uh, of course, I've shared, I'm going to share how they are deployed. Everybody has angels. We have different numbers of angels, we have different hierarchies of angels, but everybody has angels. Depending on your assignment. Some people, their assignment, if God doesn't give them angels, demons will kill them. You know, I said to people that like, I can't afford to backslide because if I backslide, I'm dead. You, demons are waiting to kill me. <laughs> I can't even try it. Praise the name of the Lord. God needs to give me extra reinforcements because I'm always looking for trouble. And this boy is going to look at what i Let's give him extra. It depends on your assignment. And many of us, many people, our angels have been sent back to heaven because iniquity is too much, sin is too much. You know, there comes a time when angels are redeployed back to heaven. Every child that is born has an angel. You know that now. Jesus says that the the angel is is, is beholding the face of the Father in heaven. You know that scripture? Every child. So, when you were born, you had an angel. What happened to your angel when you grew up? Many people's angels have gone back to base. But I'm praying today that everyone that has lost angelic assistance, heaven will redeploy on your behalf in Jesus' name. So, imagine you walking out of this place, Walking into that, your business. Knowing that you are surrounded with angels. How will your confidence be? How do you think the confidence of this young man transformed? Imagine you going to your village. This is why a lot of us don't go to the village because we are afraid. Imagine you go to the village. You know you have angels. Who should be afraid? They should be afraid. <laughs> and that's how God wants us to operate. You are created for miracles. Our challenge is that we are too myopic. We are, we, we are too introspective. We only think about ourselves. We are too selfish. So, so when, when, when people want to come into the dimensions of angelic operations and assistance, all they are thinking about is selfish reasons. The power of your house goes off. And you say, oh, angel, you can't connect that in power powerful flight. All you want to, the angels to do is just to carry your bag, carry your shoes. That, that's not their job. The angels are released when you connect to God's assignment for you. That's when they are released. If your assignment is to take care of your children, maybe you're, you're, an home, you're a homemaker, you're taking care of your children as you, pour your heart to your children, guess what? Angelic assistance are released on your behalf. That's how it works. If you are running a business and the business is to the glory of God and you, you, you understand this and you pour your heart to it, angelic assistance on your behalf. Every time. So when, you, when, we, when we say things like, The things that are coming, and it's a prophetic word for this year, and I I said it, I've been saying it. The things that are coming your way, in Jesus' name, they are bigger and better than what is gone. But if all you see is a fatter bank account, a newer car, newer shoes, bigger houses, Fresher wife, I don't want to say newer wife. If that's all you see, there's a problem. There's a problem. If that's all you see, you don't see how you can be useful for God. You don't see how you can expand God's kingdom. You don't see how God can use you to touch people's lives. There's a problem. Because the money or the resources is now without a mission. And when there's money without a mission, it leads to misery. We have money without emotion, this misery. You get into all sorts of trouble. So we need to stop asking, "What can I get for myself?" We need to start asking, "What can I give from myself?" We need to stop asking, "What can I grab?" We need to start asking, "Who can I bless?" We need to stop asking, "How can angels serve me?" We need to start asking, "How can God use me?" to change people's lives. So the first thing we need to know in working with Supernatural is all you see is not all there is. The second thing we need to know is that the Holy Spirit is the source of miracles. The Holy Spirit is the source of miracles. Yes, there are angelic assistants, but the Holy Spirit is the source of miracles. You prioritize, you prioritize your relationship with the Holy Spirit. You prioritize your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will prove that I'm alive. That, that's my paraphrase of that scripture. Jesus says, you will be witnesses of me. What does witnesses do? They prove that something is true. You will, you will prove that I'm alive. Jesus is saying, you will receive the, the power of the Holy Spirit and you will prove The greatest proof that Jesus is alive is miracles. That's the greatest proof. The greatest proof that Jesus is alive is when supernatural things happen. Last week someone was giving a testimony of how God gave somebody new organs. Were you here? That is proof that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Pastor Sam Sam, many of us know him. He comes here regularly. He serves in Sierra Leone. When he was in the north and I was in the north, I was serving under him. He was my pastor. And of course, I was going everywhere. I was was the apprentice. He was the guy I was carrying, 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 you know, (laughs) everywhere he says to go. I'm happy to follow him, you know. Because the guy is anointed. So, one day says, "Let's go for evangelism," and as usual, I followed him for evangelism. So we were in a place. He it's, it's like the way the houses are built, like there are huts around, and there's a compound in between huts. Um, so each hut the door opens into the compound. I don't know if you know those kind of setting. So we were in that place and we we're preaching. The guy was preaching his heart out. I mean, nobody was listening. They come. They, I mean, they weren't really giving him, giving us, paying attention to us. Then Pastor Sam changed gear. Is anybody lame? Anybody blind? Anybody crippled? Any? At that point, I say, (laughs) (laughs) softly, softly. Because a few weeks before then, we were just having vigil. These people stoned us. And I was happy they stoned us that we were having vigil. You know why? Because when we get to heaven, and Paul says, I was shipwrecked for the gospel. I said, me too. I was stoned. (laughs) But we have something to say, you know. Anyway, so I, 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 I was, and, and before then, you see, I believed, obviously believed God, and, and, and I was saved, and and I've seen God do stuff. I've seen my grandmother pray, and things happen. I've seen my mom pray, you know, so I believe God does stuff, but this miracle thing, you know. I wasn't quite sure because, you know, I, I trust some men of God. I know that they are legit, but, you know, when people come and share testimonies of miracles, I'm like, mm, are they sure, you know? I still had that, you know, maybe it's not the men of God that are, maybe the people are just overzealous, you know, and you know, they're just assuming things. That was where I was. And this guy said, anybody blind, anybody lame, anybody crippled? At that point, I kid you not. I surveyed the environment. I look for a way of escape. As a Lagos boy, you have to be sharp. You know, (laughs) it's true. (laughs) Come and kill me, not for nothing. You know that uh, cats don't eat Lagosians now. It's not possible. You know, it's people that come from the village and cats eat. <laughs> I was born and, born, born and bred in Lagos. So, the first thing I did, honestly, I don't look at me like that. I just can't. There's a way here, there's a way there. That way will be difficult, but this one will be easier. So, I'll do like this. <laughs> I am getting ready to bail, so they brought a boy. About five years old, I don't know. He, he, was, he has never walked in his life, and they gave the boy to Pastor Sam. Pastor Sam carried the boy, and he prayed and prayed and prayed. I've never seen him before in my life. The boy walked. I was like, what? If this thing is real and is available like this, me, I must walk in this power. I made up my mind that day that I will not live a powerless Christian life. That this life that I live is going to be full of miracles. And God has done a lot of miracles and He's still doing a lot of miracles. So, the glory and praise of Jesus. The point, my point is this. That Sunday, that Sunday, the whole community were in church for Thanksgiving. And they were dancing, and they were rejoicing. There was no preaching that could have done that. You see, and that's what God wants to do through you. That day, honestly, that's, that's one thing about me. Once I see something that is real, I, I just, as long as it's legit, I go for it. I say, God, you are no a partial God. If you can do it for this man, you can do it for me. So I asked him many questions. <laughs> How do you know? What if it didn't happen? What if, you know? And he explained to me the dynamics of faith. <laughs> In faith, there's no plan B. The moment you have plan B, you've, you've eradicated your faith. So, Faith has to be absolute for it to be potent. Faith that is not absolute is impotent. But when faith is absolute, result is inevitable. Inevitable. So I learned that from Pastor Sam Sam. So he said, So it's like, so you were ready to die there? He said, Yes. Said, is that like Jesus is Lord or He's not? I'm like, Wow. <laughs> so I've taken steps. Many of you know a lot of my stories that if God did not come through, I would have died. But God came through. Praise (laughs) the name of the (laughs) Lord. So, 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 ah. you know, you people are always getting much more. Thought service people, I don't know why. Maybe you are more spiritual. (laughs) You cannot buy the Holy Ghost with money. Simon, the sorcerer, saw what was happening and said to to Stephen and them, Peter, let me give you money so that I will have the same power. And, And they said, to hell with you and your money. You can't buy it with money. I had to sit down under this man and learn from him. What was he doing? What did I need to know? And we keep saying, and I keep saying this: If God is all that you have left, you have more than enough. If if if, if you are down to zero and the only person you have in heaven and on earth is God, I've been that place. When God that's all I had left, and I did not panic. Why didn't I panic? I know this same God that created the heavens and the earth is going to work miracles. So miracle worker. You are the Come and do a miracle a miracle. a miracle a miracle today Come and do A miracle A miracle today Miracle walk Miracle walk Miracle walk Come, Come and do, do. A miracle, a miracle today Come and do a miracle, a miracle today Your name is Yahweh Your name is Yahweh You are the miracle walking God Your name is Yahweh Someone in this place, you—what unknown to you, what they've they've packed load and they put it on your head. You have incessant headaches. Your neck is aching. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the load is being lifted up. Your head is being freed up. Every pain in your neck is gone in Jesus' name. Father, we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. If God is all that you have left, you have more than enough. You have more than enough. So imagine you, you are stepping into your workplace. Fired up from this service. Working miracles. Imagine you are you are. You're approaching your family life. You're approaching your marriage. Your relationship with your husband will change. Your relationship with your spouse will change. Why? Because you won't just say anything. Because you know you have angels. If you say something, they can just execute what you say. So, if, so if you say something horrible, what if they, they, they give your wife a 30 slaps and she, and she faints? You don't want to do that. So, it's a pastor of I want to do that too. That's why you don't have angels. <laughs> if you have angels, you won't want to do that. You won't want to talk carelessly. You won't you want to make unguarded comments. Why? Because you know your word has authority. Look, I've seen some, some strange things. I've seen some strange things. One of the things my, my grandmother taught us is how to use words. I've seen some strange things happen with words. So many times, I don't know how to talk. I may be right like Jesus on the sand. So miracles, number one, you need to understand that all you see is not all there is. Number two, you need to understand that the Holy Spirit is the source of miracles. Number three, you need to understand that miracles happen outside of your comfort zone. Miracles happen where? Outside of your comfort zone. Our text, back to our text in Acts chapter 8 from verse 4, it says, But the believers who were scattered, there was a scattered. The one was scattered, preached the good news of Jesus, wherever they went. And Philip performed miracles. If Philip had remained in Jerusalem, he would not have worked any miracle. Maybe Philip was an usher. The Bible says he was a deacon. Maybe he was in charge of of children's church. But if Philip remain in his comfort zone, miracles will have happened. So, the, this catering was uncomfortable, but it was to God's glory so that miracles can happen. And sharing the good news of Jesus is a catalyst for miracles. Sharing the goodness of Jesus is a catalyst for miracles. If you check the armor of God, Element of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, sword of the spirit, shield of faith. What you have on the sandal is the preparation of the gospel of peace. So the sandal, what you wear on your feet in the armor of God to be kitted is the preparation of the gospel of peace. Is your, your readiness to connect people to Christ. And guess what? God, the word of God says that we will trample upon serpents and scorpions. And over all the powers of the enemies. And nothing shall bind them to us. What does that mean? That means it is with our feet that we are trampling the serpents and scorpions. What shoe are we wearing? The gospel. The more you connect people to God, the more powerful you will be spiritually. It's a secret I'm sharing with you. The more you are able to connect people with God, the more powerful you become spiritually. The more clout you will have spiritually, the more you will say, go, and it will go. Another person will say, go, 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 go. Nothing will happen. You will say, go once is gone. Why? Because of your clout spiritually. One of the keys is this. When you connect people to Christ, the full power of resurrection becomes available to you. When Philip preached the good news of Jesus, he had access to miracles. He had access to miracles. Let me, let me ask you a question. Uh, who, who have you heard in the Bible? Who is Proconos? In the New Testament, who is Proconos? Anybody, you are not in the first circle watch worship experience. Who is Proconos? Oh, Google is the up Google now. Who is, who is, who is, who is, why you are you thinking about that? Who is Nicanor? Why are you thinking about that? Who is Timon? Who is Parmenas? Who is Parmenas? Who are these people? Who are these names that are not known, that short of saying is significant? Who are they? Guess what? These people were one there were five, the other five of the seven deacons that were ordained with Philip and Stephen. We heard about Stephen. We are still preaching about Philip. But who knows us? Who knows us? So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this. Titles will not take you anywhere. They make you Ed Usher. He's not going to mean anything in heaven if you don't exercise yourself and become all that God has called you to be. That's why in gospel without, we are not big on titles. We are not. We are big on action. Prokonos <laughs> Prokonos was separated the same day with Philip. Philip raised the dead. Philip healed the cripple. Cast out demons, broken us. What did he do? What's the difference? Philip was eager. He was eager. Are you eager to serve God today? Are you eager? Are you eager for the power of God? Like what came upon me when I saw that miracle that day. Are you eager to say, God, if you can do this through this man, uh-uh. you, can do, you can do it through me. Are you eager? You have seen a lot of miracles by the grace of God in God's out. Are you eager? Are you eager? And that is, that is usually what separates people. Do you just want to come to church and sit in church and wear a label Christian on your forehead? Are powerless? Or do you want the power of the Holy Spirit? They are saying, Pastor, I want the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me see your hands up. Put it up, put it up. Can I put it down? Even though I'm not looking, heaven is looking. (laughs) Are you hungry for God? Or do you just want to be, remain the way you are? Do you want more of God? Are you interested in more of God? Are you eager to serve Jesus? Philip was eager. Philip surrendered himself. Are you eager? You see, because we know that in God's very house, if you hear the word of God and you do nothing about it, it's not going to profit you. So that's why we come up with systems that will help us be doers of the word that we've heard. Today, I want to challenge you. Leave this place and be determined to reach out to people that are far from God. So we're going to give you these cards. Yashas are going to give us these cards. Now, um, give it to everybody. You know, I was going to say Just those that are serious. But I believe everybody is serious. Right? Aren't we? Good. Give it to everybody. Now, what we are going to do is this. There are, in the middle, there are three names. Number one, you prayerfully pick three people. That's the P. It's it's, it's a, a pie challenge that we are having. You you prayerfully pick three people that you know they are close to you. Maybe you see them once in a while, but you know they are far from God. Just put their names. Number one, put their names. Number two, put his or her name. Number three, put his or her name. Then the second thing you do is that you invite them to have a good and a God experience with us. Invite them to church. Invite them to your fellowship. Invite them. Then number three, encourage them to follow Jesus. Talk to them. God will open an opportunity to encourage them. So you will notice that on this other side, can you look up for a while? On this other side, you also have another one, two, three. So what you do is the same names that you have here you just put the names here. Now, it's, it should be perforated. Is it perforated? Okay. So what you do is, once you put the names, you will keep the copy that is foldable and you will tear this off. And you are going to put that in this box. So what's going to happen is we don't want their contact or anything. We just want their names. Why? Because we want to pray for them. We want to bring them before God's presence and pray for them consistently. So while you are doing your bit, God will be doing his bit. Praise the name of the Lord. So what is the week one to five about, Pastor? It's simple. So every week, you need to be deliberate about this. Every week, have I invited them or have I encouraged them? So when you invite and encourage them on week one, you tick. Week two, you invite and encourage them, you tick. All the way to week five. So pastor, what if they come in week two? Okay, I've, I've, I've invited this guy or this lady and I've encouraged her and she comes to church in week two. What do I do? You continue because she's come to church once. You need to check the following week. The following week and the following week. The way it's structured is that this is week one. Fasting is starting next week. God Will Your Service is going to be on the 7th of February. Praise the name of the Lord. We're excited about it. Now, week four is going to land on GWDIA. If they come before then, fantastic. But do everything. Of course, by God's grace, if you do what you are, you are doing. God's not only you. Holy Ghost is working with you. So you are going to get the results in Jesus' name. And week five. Then what do I do after week five? You can double check. Because your fruits will abide in Jesus' name. So some people say, but pastor, you are giving us only three. I want 12. I want to make 12 disciples like Jesus. Simple, pick four of the cards. Just and me the ushers and just say, Pastor says, she give me three more. <laughs> yes, I've said so. And they will give you three more. I said, oh, Pastor, I want to do 21. Pick seven. Oh, my own is 30. Pick ten. But everybody can do three. Now, I know some of you, you need to carefully think about this before you write down the name. So it's fine. I'm not expecting that you... you um, Drop the cards today, but some people did after the um, first worship experience. If you are able to, that's fine. Some people you already know them already, <laughs> so just write that It's it's fine also. So I want you to look at your neighbor and ask them, are you ge- are you eager? Ask them again, are you in? Are you in on this? Are you in on this? Are you in with me? Are we together? Ask them, are we together on this? Are we together? Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads. And let's just talk to God. There are some of us in this place. The truth is this our angels have been redeployed. The iniquity, Otek is too plenty. They've called them back to heaven. Oh, yeah, they're coming. But you are saying, Pastor, can I have them back? Can I get back in fellowship with God? Can I have all that I've lost in God? Yes, you can. You are saying, but I've never even been born again. I've never come to God. Can I come to God so that I can enjoy these things you are talking about? Yes, you can. Say, Pastor, that is me. That is me. Should I come forward? No, you don't have to. I will pray with you wherever you are seated. You are saying, Pastor... Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to. Put up your hands now over your head. Quickly. God bless you, sir. Right there. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Keep the hands up. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, right there. Keep the hands up. Pray with me, Pastor. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up. That is me. God bless you, sir. Right there. God bless you over there. Keep the hands up. That is me. Pray with me. Pray with me. God bless you. God bless you, my sister, right there. God bless you. If you have the card, you're going to slip a card in your hand. If you have the card, you can pull down your hands and just cry to God. Say, Jesus, I come to you, Lord. Have mercy upon me. 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 Father, we we pray for everyone. that is coming to you today afresh, we ask that you accept them according to your word in Jesus' name. Everyone that is coming back to you, we ask that you receive them again. Everything they've lost, all the benefits and the resources that have been released to them, my Father. The grace to walk with you given unto them. Lord, we pray for everyone else, everyone in this place, this word that we have heard, As we leave this place, Father, that we will walk miracles, Lord God. The boldness to step out on the water and walk on the water, give unto us. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord.